morning. Don't you guys love that intense music? Love it. Yeah. My name is Olivia with a Y. I get to work here at the church in kids ministry and adult discipleship, and I love all the pastoring that I get to do here. I'm very excited for this new series we are starting this morning called Stand Strong. We all have battles going on in our lives. We struggle in our marriages, with our children, and our jobs, and at school. Sometimes life feels so hard and so unfair. Sometimes we feel like we're at our breaking point, and if one more thing goes wrong, we're going to lose it. Some of us are exhausted here today and feel like we don't have what it takes to press forward another day. Some of us are in a season where it feels like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, and we're at the brink of losing hope. I've heard many stories of people in this room that are going through recent struggles and challenges and battles. It breaks my heart. You could feel like you're in a daily battle and God may feel distant. Some battles last a few hours while others can last a lifetime. And this series is so important because we're going to learn how to stand strong in life, in these battles. And we're going to spend time in the book of Ephesians. But before we get there, I'm going to tell you about a battle in history that happened in 490 BC. It's called the Battle of Marathon. This battle was Greece against Persia, Persia against Greece. This battle occurred at the dawn of the Greco-Persian Wars. And the Greeks were fighting for their freedom against the Persians who wanted to overtake them. Now the Persian army was much stronger and larger than the Greek army. But the Greeks were intelligent. And they had a strategy unlike anything the Persians had seen before. As the Persians made their way closer to the Greek capital, the Greeks realized they were outnumbered. So they called for help to the Spartans, and they weren't able to come because they were celebrating a religious festival. They were like, nah, brah, we're not going to make it. You're on your own. Sorry, not sorry. I mean, they didn't have phones in, but they communicated in some way. They didn't show up, and they knew that they would be creamed if they went to battle because the other army was so much bigger and they were small and they had barely trained soldier, soldier citizens. So the Greeks regrouped and decided to ambush the Persians while they were off guard. And they decided on a risky strategy. The Greeks fought using a phalanx. The phalanx was a formation which soldiers locked shields, formed a wall, and those behind them had the spears and they stabbed the enemy by surprise. The Persians had never seen a formation like this before, and it caused a lot of confusion. So attacking at a run, the Greek phalanx smashed into the Persian army, attacking at close quarters. It was like boom, boom, pow, pow. And the Greeks were victorious, and they lost about 192 of their men, but the Persians lost 6,400 of their men by the hand of the Greeks. They were successful in crushing the greatest army of their time. And it was one of the best battles in Greek history because they gained freedom against overwhelming odds. An overjoyed Greek messenger ran 26 miles from Marathon to Athens to bring the good news of the Greek victory. And that's where we get the word marathon to describe a long-distance race. The Greek strategy is what led them to victory. They engaged in the battle in a way that caught the enemy by surprise. They didn't win because they were bigger or stronger. No, they won the battle 
because they changed the way they fought the war. Wouldn't it be nice to know God's strategies for us to overcome the battles that we face in our lives? The Bible tells us how to fight our battles God's way. I faced some battles during college. I was halfway through my freshman year and I wanted to quit. I remember calling my mom in tears and saying, it's just too hard, I'm overwhelmed, I don't think I can do this anymore. And my mom encouraged me with many words. The essence of what she said was stand strong. You can do it, persevere, don't give up. And I did it. Her words pushed me through the quitting points. Thanks, Mom. If I gave up at that point, I would not be doing what I'm doing here today, which I love. I found that in all our battles, there is something going on that we can't see, something that goes beyond the natural struggles that we face. There is a battle going on in the spiritual realm. The forces of evil want to bring us discouragement, temptation, and quitting points that we feel like we can't overcome. Our deepest battles come from the evil one who wants to threaten our identity in Christ, our hope in him, and our work for him. In retrospect, I know that discouragement that I faced was a scheme of the evil one. He did, he did not want me to pursue God's will, to be on track to ministry and help deliver people into the kingdom of light. No, I learned that behind every natural battle is a spiritual battle. And it feels like a war. This is called spiritual warfare, which is anything the devil and forces of evil do to derail, discourage, distract, or deceive individuals and groups from pursuing God's will. You may be here this morning and you've never visualized the devil as a real being. He is real. And the Bible teaches that evil is real. There is an enemy to your soul, and he wants to take down your marriage, your family, your friendships, and create hopelessness within you. And frankly, I, don't, I think he's not very happy that you're sitting here today listening to this. There is an enemy who is behind all the sin, evil, and brokenness, and darkness happening in the world. And in the Bible, the Apostle Paul is a great example of what it looks like to fight spiritual battles against the enemy with God at his side. And he says more about this in the letter to the Ephesians. This series is going to focus on the sixth chapter in the letter to the Ephesians where Paul talks a lot about spiritual battles and how we can stand our ground. Some scholars call Ephesians the queen of the epistles or the crown and climax of Paul's theology. They call it this because it's packed full of major themes of our identity in Christ, the role of the church, and how we should live according to this new life we have in Jesus. He touches on how to relate to one another in marriage, as children to their parents, and in work. Then in the final chapter, chapter six, he talks about spiritual battles. And I believe these themes come before chapter six because they are important links to the battle that we're in. Most of the battles we experience are in these key places and key relationships in our lives. And God wants us to engage in the battle successfully. Paul gives us the inside scoop on the reality of spiritual battles in Ephesians six. So that's where we're gonna be and starting in verse 10 here. It says, finally, 
Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, meaning people, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Verse 10 says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. What does it mean to be strong in the Lord? It means to fight with his power, not ours. It's not just by more willpower or self-discipline that we win. It's learning to stand in God's power and fight the battle God's way. And verse 11 says, put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. If you have a paper Bible here and a pen, underline the words full armor. In this series, we're going to talk about the full armor of God, so that's why it's so important to stay engaged all the way through so we can understand every piece of it and how to use it. And verse 12 says, our struggle isn't against people. It's against rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our struggle is against the devil and forces of evil. The struggle is real, y'all. The devil is real and active, but Jesus is greater and has overcome evil. We don't need to be afraid because demons submit to the lordship and authority of Jesus. In Colossians 2.15, it says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he, meaning Jesus, made a public spectacle of them, the demons, triumphing over them by the cross. Jesus is victorious. And he is with us, and he is in us, so we don't need to be afraid. Amen? Amen. In verse 12, Paul said, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So we do struggle with people sometimes, but I believe it's the root of our struggle with them is sin, brokenness, and evil operating both in them and in us. And I know sometimes it feels like it's more operating in them over there, but it's really both ways. So we need to accept that. So God doesn't want your relationships to be a struggle. He wants to restore all your relationships and give you healthy ones. Whenever you're upset with someone, your boss, your parent, your spouse, your kids, pause for a moment. Think to yourself, who is the real enemy here? The devil is. He wants you to lose your temper. He wants you to crush a relationship. He wants you to fail. And he delights in it. So take a step back and remember they aren't the true enemy. Next time you feel that the struggle's real and it's with a person, pray for them. Pray for peace and restoration in that relationship. I can tell you it works. Whenever I'm the most upset at my husband, I take a step back and I'm like, he is not the true enemy here. And I pray for him. Sorry, Brandon. I pray for him (laughs) and our marriage, and it works. This passage in Ephesians 6 tells us to stand firm three times. We are standing firm against the devil's schemes. We previously defined spiritual warfare as anything the devil and forces of evil do to derail, discourage, distract, or deceive individuals and groups from pursuing God's will. When we think of it this way, it's incredibly practical. 
It's not this spooky and mysterious thing when we think of spiritual warfare. It's as simple as that. That's what the enemy is up to. That's his scheme. And Paul understood that evil is something beyond us. And it's only by God's power, strength, and spirit in us that is strong enough to overcome it. So don't get me wrong, we must not blame the devil for everything. Sometimes we just do the wrong thing, say the wrong thing, impact people in bad ways, and it's our fault. So we need to take responsibility for our actions. But when it comes to the devil's schemes, we need some armor, friends. And the armor of God is the scriptural metaphorical image for spiritual defense and protection that believers should consciously appropriate all elements in order to stand firm against spiritual attack. So imagine yourself with God's armor on, okay? You can imagine it in a traditional way, armor like this. Yeah, that looks cool. Or, hey, it's 2018, so we can imagine armor like this, too. <laughs> yeah. I imagine mine's made out of vibranium, you know, from Wakanda. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Paul continues to explain the six pieces of armor. Interestingly, he says the first three pieces we should always be wearing, and the final three pieces we take up, depending on the circumstance. Just like a baseball player always has his uniform on, there's different points in the game where he takes up the bat or the glove, depending on what's going on. So Paul continues in verse 13 by saying, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That is some powerful spiritual armor. And we're going to continue to unpack each piece of it in this Stand Strong series. In greater detail, I can't wait. Tim Keller, pastor in New York City and author, says, in essence, the armor of God is the gospel. The good news of Jesus and his power in us. Know your identity in Christ. Know his word and know your authority as a believer to stand your ground. And the armor will be fastened on you. The gospel is your armor. God does not want us to be ignorant of the devil's schemes. He has many schemes, but let's expose one of them right now. You guys ready? The Greek word for devil is diabolos, which literally means liar, slanderer, accuser. He is a liar. In John 8:44, it says when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and father of lies. That's it. He's a liar. And that's the power he has, but we have the power to ignore his lies. He speaks them to us. And we can choose to believe them and act on them or not. Remember, even a half-truth is a full lie. 
Lies go into our minds and bleed into culture. And if these lies go unchecked, it leads to a destructive society. Turn on the news at any point, and you will see the evidence of evil at work and lies being carried out into the world, this week especially. So when we think about the devil's schemes and his lies and how they impact culture, for example, racism is a lie of the devil. If you're a particular ethnicity, you have more, more value or less of a human than this other ethnicity. No. Our, our country is getting so much better and abolishing discrimination, but we have a long way to go. And I believe my generation is the leading force of racial reconciliation because we thrive on being accepting of all. Interracial marriage is at an all-time national high of 15%, and it is rising rapidly. And I'm a part of that 15%, and the journey hasn't been easy for us. As people of God, let's silence lies together, this lie too. The devil's lie has divided people groups for far too long in our world. And people are people, no matter what color they are, and everyone should be treated with the same respect and dignity. I'm very thankful for a church like this that embraces diversity and is accepting of everyone who comes in. I love it. Another lie of the devil that has taken root in the world is sexism. Males are superior to females. That is a lie. Men and women are created equally in the image of God, as Genesis 1.27 says. Women everywhere are experiencing unequal treatment and oppression just by the nature of their sex. There are horrendous accounts of this lie taking root in our world, in our city, country, everywhere. I took a women's and gender studies course in college. I remember my professor wanted to give us a log of the domestic violence reports in the city to teach us about the magnitude of oppression in our city alone. She said she couldn't go longer than a month documenting these things because she was getting so overwhelmed and depressed by the magnitude of the reports. And more go unreported when they are reported. Men and women are equal. There are many more lies that we could discuss, but as a woman of color, those are the two that I'm compelled to share on this occasion. What lie are you believing that is impacting culture? Where is God calling you to take a stand against the lies that are poisoning our world? How can you use your influence, the people you're with throughout the week, to shine God's light and his truth in this broken and dark world? Where is God calling you? Lies also take root in our personal lives. The devil will whisper anything in your ear to make you less confident as a child of God. He wants to make you insecure and discouraged as a father, mother, friend, spouse, student, anything. Many of us hear lies that lead to insecurity. And I want to speak to the ladies specifically in the room because we put a lot of time and money into our appearance, and I believe it's mostly because we're insecure. The journey of insecurity started for me in fifth grade when a boy told me that my skin was burned. At that point, I began to look in the mirror in disgust and pick different things that I hated about myself. I didn't believe that I was God's beautiful creation and masterpiece. I didn't believe that God 
delicately knit me together in my mother's womb and that he loved me. No, the devil's lie silenced God's truth. Don't let him silence God's truth for you as well. Now I fully received that my true identity is in Christ, not in my appearance. I believe I'm beautiful because God is my creator, the creator of all things beautiful and the creator of diversity. And I want you to believe that as well. You are beautiful because God is your creator and God doesn't create garbage. I've come a long way, so now when I look in the mirror, I go, mm-hmm, work it, girl. What lie do you believe about yourself? Is it a lie that's new, or has it been with you since childhood, like myself? Maybe it's not about your appearance, but it's about your worth. Do you believe you're worthless? You're not. Do you believe your life has no purpose? God has a plan and a purpose for you, a hope and a future. Do you believe that you'll never measure up to anything or you'll always be stuck in your sin? No, God, Jesus, Jesus redeems every sin and his righteousness becomes our own. The enemy is wrong. Don't listen to him. He is a big, fat liar. I hope you heard that. <laughs> Next time you hear those messages, the scheme of the devil, his lies, shut them down with God's truth. We'll hear next week about the piece of armor called the belt of truth and how to battle successfully with that piece of armor on. So wear your armor, friends. Wear it, work it, and it will work. God gives us the armor so we can wear it with confidence and knowing that it will be effective. So don't just hope for victory. Assume victory. Put on your armor each day by prayerfully receiving every piece of it before you walk into your battle zone. And the battle zone may start for some the moment you open your eyes in the morning. For others, it could start the second you set foot into your school or your place of employment. Whatever the case, put on the full armor of God and be ready to stand against anything the enemy throws your way. Where is this going to play out when you walk out of this building? What are you battling today? Open your spiritual eyes and see the real battle you're in. The enemy wants to steal your hope, your joy, and your trust in God. He wants to threaten your identity as a child of God. Don't let him. God wants you to know that he is with you and he loves you. He will continue to empower you to walk in life with his protection. He is battling with you and he will never leave you or forsake you. He doesn't want you to be in fear or to worry. He wants you to fight in his mighty power. Because greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. He offers us his armor to wear in fullness so we can be victorious with him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. 
Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are mighty and strong. God, we thank you that you are with us, that you give us the spiritual armor to walk through life, to walk through battles successfully. God, open up our spiritual eyes. Help us see the real battle that we're in. Help us not be afraid. Help us cling to you. Help us understand and know and use your armor well, God. Lord, I pray for all of us here, all of us in our battles, in our struggles, in our pain. God, help us seek you first. Help us know that you are mighty and you are good and that you are victorious. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you for your victory over evil and over death. Thank you, God, that you are living in us, that you are empowering us by your spirit. God, encourage our hearts today. Strengthen us today. We love you, God. We thank you that the gospel is our armor. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So we are going to sing one more song and celebrate the victory that we have in Christ and the armor that he gives us. Will you please stand and join us in this last song?
Hopefully you are equipped for your battle this week. Hey, uh, if you uh, are new or newer to the church, I'd love to meet with you for a few moments right over here underneath this monitor. If you need prayer, our prayer team is standing right over here on this side ready to pray with you. We'll see you next week to continue this series on the Belt of Truth. See you then. Have a great day.